if you don't do it for yourself, no one else is going to do it. So you really kind of have to just take control of your life and do what you need to do to achieve your goals and set your goals and figure out what you're doing. Like, you don't have to know exactly what you're doing in life, but, you know, it's up to you at the end of the day. Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of The Fox Tales, the music industry podcast run by Stereofox. I'm Nora and today I'll be meeting you with the multi-talented British Sri Lankan artist Narli. Narli is an internationally renowned finger drummer, music producer, live performer, content creator and educator. Besides making music, DJing and giving workshops, she has performed live at various festivals and worked with brands such as Native Instruments, Akai Professional, Red Bull Music, Pioneer DJ and many more. In this podcast, we'll be diving into a variety of topics, giving you some insights on both her professional and personal journey, aiming to answer the question, can you make a living as a musician and how? As you can guess, this podcast will tackle tricky topics related to the so-called artist struggle, and I really hope it will give you some food for thought and useful tips, and perhaps some motivation. And if you're not an artist, but someone interested in the subject, or an early fan, you're sure to learn some interesting things as well. So let's get started. Hey Narly, welcome to Fox Tales. Uh, hey Nora, thanks so much for having me on the podcast, uh, really excited to be here. Uh, and hopefully share some knowledge with all of the Stereo Fox listeners. Wonderful. Well, actually, I would like to start a podcast with um, asking you, what did you do today? Because you're so busy and you're obviously very good in multitasking. Or So I'm very, very interested. How does a gnarly day goes by and what do you do? <laughs> Um, so it's around 2pm in the UK right now and uh, generally this is the time that I'll start working. Uh, I'm definitely not a, uh, not a morning person so um, I'm quite slow at getting up. I usually won't get out of bed until about 11. Uh, have a bit of breakfast, watch a couple of YouTube videos um, and then get ready and sit down at the desk and get ready for uh, the day start off by doing a couple emails and then uh, any meetings or production or whatever that I need to work on for the day. Awesome. I actually would like to open the podcast with a little bit about how you started uh, making music. I know that you wanted to make music ever since you were very young and you started at six and then you studied in a music school and then you studied sound arts and design. Um, and you actually went from uh, playing instruments to rapping, then producing and finger drumming. Can you tell us a bit about this pretty remarkable journey and how did you get into finger drumming? Uh, yeah, I mean, like you said, it's been a really long journey. Um, I always wanted to do music since I was little. So like when I was six, I started playing the piano. Um, I actually did a few different instruments at school as well. So I played violin for about three years. 
Um, although I don't remember any any of that anymore. Uh, I played clarinet for like a year as well. Um, and then, like you said, I studied music at school um, and then went on to do sound arts and design. Actually, when I, I was doing my sound arts and design uh, degree, I wanted to get into doing music for film and TV. That was kind of like really the goal at that point. Uh, but when I was a teenager, when I started producing, it was because I was rapping and I wanted beats that I could rap on. Uh, and then I got into a bit of singer-songwriting when I was learning how to play guitar. Uh, although I don't do any of the kind of songwriting or singing or rapping or any of that anymore. Um, I just find like music speaks more for me than like words do. And so um, I don't know, it's all, like music's always been a form of expression for me. And so I always knew... I wanted to do something in music. I just didn't know exactly what that was. And so I think that's why I ended up trying so many different things. Um, like when I was a teenager, I was also doing loads of work experience in recording studios and stuff. Um, and then doing like recording engineering. So like recording people, mixing tracks, stuff like that, um, which I still do a little bit, a little bit of. So like I do um mixing and mastering for the UK beatbox champs um and then yeah I don't know I just love making music and music production and music tech and just all things like sound and music related and so it's hard for me to like pin down one thing I just think in the last couple of years I've really focused on myself as an artist and so that's where the finger drumming's taken off because I wanted to start doing more performance based stuff where I was performing and so finger drumming was like a way for me to do that as a producer that's really wonderful and I love the fact that you explored um, you know and you try so many different things to get to a point where you feel comfortable with um, and really are able to fully express yourself uh, with whether it's the finger drumming or playing the guitar and this is really I feel like crucial to find what is exactly your thing and keep on getting better and better because I know that it took a lot of discipline for you for example to get better in uh, finger drumming and reach that level on which you are now was there a moment when you decided that you have to give it an extra push in order to start making things happen yeah yeah totally and it's a really good question actually because you know like I have been doing music for so long but it only became my full-time job in the last few years and the kind of turning point was for me in my mid-20s. Um, like I actually tried to go self-employed before when I was about 23. Um, and also when I was 19, actually. <laughs> uh, because I, I, I went to my first year at uni, at a different uni, actually. I was studying creative music technology. And I dropped out after my first year. I thought, oh, maybe I can make my music career work. But I was very young at the time, had absolutely no discipline and was more concerned with kind of hanging out with my friends and partying and, you know, doing all the things that young people do. And so I wasn't, I, you know, like I was doing music, but I wasn't focused on it. I wasn't treating it like it was a job. 
And the same kind of thing happened again when I was like around 23, 24, when I tried to do it again at that time was that, you know, like I wasn't working, I was unemployed at the time uh, and I was making beats, but it wasn't, I don't know, it wasn't like how I do it today. Like there was no discipline involved in it. It was just kind of like I did it when I felt like it. Uh, almost like it was more of a hobby but in my mind it wasn't a hobby like music has never been a hobby in my mind it's always been like the thing that I'm gonna do like it's like the life passion you know it's never been just oh it's just a hobby that I like to do in my spare time but when I was very young that's exactly what I was doing I was only doing it in my spare time and the things that were more important to me then were, you know, socializing, hanging out with friends and, um, you know, I wasn't really dedicating my time to making music. Um, and then kind of in my mid twenties, um, I had like a really, like really crazy year where just a lot of personal things happened. Um, and I had like a year of kind of like real depression and anxiety and at the end of that, you know, like I'd I'd gone to uh, a, f a couple of months of counselling and stuff and really did a lot of kind of inner work um, and self-healing and stuff. And I realised coming out of that on the other side that, you know, the only way that music was actually going to become my job was if I really treated it like a job and really had that discipline to push myself because before that point it was almost like I felt I had a lot of potential but I didn't know how to fulfill that potential um and I think you know after that I I realized I really have to dedicate my time to it and have that discipline to really do it because the only thing that is stopping me is myself and once I started putting that effort into it like I mean real effort real time real dedication um that's when things really start to change for me and and for the better and not just mentally but in terms of like my music and getting a following and starting to get paid jobs and then eventually it turning into my job and stuff um yeah I just have this man mantra which is don't be afraid to succeed which was something that had always held me back before it was kind of around that time like uh in my mid-20s where um yeah I just come out of that really dark period and it was kind of like uh yeah just don't be afraid to succeed it it was really stuck in my head at that time because um I don't know it's like a thing with anxiety right you with with some people you end up in this kind of cyclical thought of like rumination and thinking about all the past tragedies that have happened and like being you know woe is me and of course you know that that's not to belittle anything that you go through or what anyone goes through but at the end of the day like how you're going to improve your tomorrow depends on what you do right now how you live in the present and that's what's going to affect how you are tomorrow you don't have to let the things that have happened to you define who you are they're just things that have happened and of course they shape you but that doesn't have to have an impact on what you want to do tomorrow and so for me that was really me goal setting and thinking about what I want from my life and what I want to achieve and 
you know, like, do I want to spend the rest of my years feeling like I never achieved my potential? Like, you know, like I had, I have all this passion for music, but then I never actually tried to make it happen, like really made it try, you know. Um, so that was, yeah, it was a real turning point for me. Awesome. Um, actually, I'm very curious, like, um, or let's say, what kind of advice you would give to people who experience similar similar state and feel lost, let's say, also depressed, and um, how to start breaking the chain of this uh, anxiety and this mental prison as I would like to call it because it's something that is obviously, as you mentioned, preventing a person to fulfill their potential. And there are so many, it is, it's obviously very complex to find a solution and to start getting out of the state. And as you mentioned, uh, you, you've been to counseling as well. Um, I would also like to ask um, what was the role of your family maybe in this situation and overall what's their opinion about you making music and did this have any role in the whole thing, the whole process? And what, what would you, most of all, what would you give as an advice? Um, so I think it, it really you know, it depends on the person and it depends on your situation. Like, it's going to be different for everyone. Um, for me, like, uh, I guess, like, especially with family, I had a or have a very complicated kind of family situation and that had a really big impact on my mental health for a really long time. Um I think the thing that changed things is obviously going to counselling is just having that objective person that you can talk to. Um, I also, you know, like over the years had been to different types of psychotherapy and stuff. So have, you know, I think it's really important to see that medical help if you're really in a downward spiral because uh, there's only so much you can do on your own, I think. And mental health is still something that's to do with your health and doctors can really help you with that um even just talking to like a counselor can really help get an outside perspective on what's going on um and yeah I would highly recommend it for anyone that's going through anything um the thing with counseling and stuff is like it's not just instant fix so you really have to do a lot of that kind of inner work yourself as well um and sometimes it can take a really long time for you to get to that point so like I've been going through like 10 years of just like ups and very very low downs for a really long time um and even now like I'm in a much better place and have been for a really long time but you know it is a constant battle to just be kind to yourself I think that was like a really big thing was that I had this inner critic that was constantly putting myself down and I didn't really think about it in that way uh, until I really became self-aware of it and then just started being a lot kinder to myself um, and I think that had a really big impact um, and just yeah I think just that kind of inner work um, you know reading articles reading books from different psychologists and stuff can help you gain a perspective on your inner mind and your inner self 
Um, but yeah, like I said, it's going to be different for everyone. Um, for me, I think with fingering especially is like, because it's almost like it takes a lot of brain power for you to do finger drumming uh it really helped me get out of my head so I wasn't just in my thoughts all the time I was actually channeling that kind of feeling into something productive and like that's not to say you need to be productive I just mean in a way it was like meditation for me because it stopped me just thinking about like things and and you know situations and stuff and I was then thinking about doing patterns and rhythms and uh because it's quite a physical thing as well it was just yeah like meditation hasn't really appealed to me like I have of course tried it but the whole just sitting there and trying to think of nothing and breathing and stuff was just not it's just not something that works for me and so finger drumming was a different way for me to do that and I found that really helped I would like to jump sort of to the moment in which you decided to that you would really like to go full on with all your power, let's say, uh, into music and really make the effort. Um, because I'm very interested, how did you actually make the time to put the effort, if you know what I mean? Because uh, as you mentioned, uh, you've been working in a restaurant and I would really love you to tell us more about this a uh, whole transition, like the, the moment you decided you want to push further with this and how did you manage to to make it all work? Um, so when, uh, when I was in my mid-20s, so like 2016 was basically the year that I had like my like terrible dark times. <laughs> I don't know, the dark period. Um, where a lot of yeah a lot of personal stuff had happened that year um, and that was kind of just like a write-off year towards the end of that I started going to counseling and stuff and then by the time it was January I'd been unemployed for a year and um, I was feeling a bit better and I decided that I wanted to go out and find a job so that I could start making some money and uh for me having a job was always a way to just fund being able to buy music equipment and buy software and buy plugins and pay my rent and feed myself so um when it got to January I was like okay I'm gonna find a job uh got a job in this kind of startup restaurant and I've always just not been into nine to fives like that kind of structure doesn't suit me I was really bad with the routine at school I just yeah I really struggle with that kind of routine and so uh with the restaurant job it was quite flexible in terms of the hours I started off doing full-time in the beginning so it was about 40 hours a week um but because it was evening shifts I had like the whole day to make music and work on beats and whatever and then 5 p.m. I'd be at work until midnight or whatever. And so that really worked for me in terms of like having half a day to make music and then half a day to um, work in a job and get some money to fund buying software and synthesizers and stuff. Um, so uh, I did that for a couple of months and then I realized actually I wanted more time to do music stuff like even doing 40 hours was too much for me so I ended up changing my contract to 30 hours a week and just four days a week 
So then I had three full days to then work on music stuff while four days I was working in a restaurant like half days. So that was kind of like a really important work-life balance for me was only doing those 30 hours in the restaurant. Um, after a couple of years working there, because I, I like I quite enjoyed the job and I was I ended up being assistant manager. So I was getting paid all right. I was getting paid a bit above minimum wage, but it was still like, I, I don't know. If you've ever worked in the restaurant industry, you know that the amount of work and the amount of stress that you have to deal with working in that kind of industry is just not worth the money at all. Um, but it was a means to an end and it allowed me the flexibility. And I had an arrangement with my boss at the time who knew I was doing music stuff. And I said, you know, if I need to take days off for gigs or whatever, like, is that going to be possible? And he agreed to that. And that was, um, yeah, it just really worked for me at the time. Um, and it also meant that I had a regular income. So I did have, you know, enough money to spend on, uh, you know, rent and living expenses, but then also had money to be able to buy my plugins and stuff. Um, towards the end of my working there, um, things were getting very busy in the restaurant and, they were, you know, constantly short-staffed, which is very typical in the <laughs> restaurant industry. So uh, I was having to turn down gigs because they needed me there. And at one point I was like, this is not really working for me anymore. Um, and so I wasn't really at a point where I was making enough money from my music to be able to quit doing that job. But I also knew that I wasn't going to be able to spend more time making music to make more money from making music unless I was spending less time working at the restaurant and so I just decided that I was going to take a leap of faith and just try and go into music full-time and it ended up working out so it was a good choice in the end. Well um, <laughs> I'm sure that um, if they're uh, artists listening they'll be wondering uh, when is the moment that you decide exactly to, to make this leap of faith? And of course, for everybody, it's different. To what extent did you manage to earn enough for music to say, okay, this is going to be enough to cover at least my rent, for example, and, you know, my food and stuff like that? Um, I like I've been in quite a privileged situation in the sense that um, because me and my partner live together, we share living expenses. So I know just from that, like my living expenses are a lot less than if you are a single person trying to pay rent and stuff like that. So I know that I've been in a very privileged situation in, in the sense of that. It's also like he, um, he's been very supportive because uh, he's a musician as well. So he's like a really good beatboxer. So he totally understands the passion and you know, he's been a full-time musician for a long time. And so he really understood what I wanted to do and was very supportive of it. And so when I wasn't really earning that much in the beginning, he kind of picked up the slack for me then with, you know, like living costs and stuff, which was very, very lucky. And uh, yeah, he's a very lovely person for doing that <laughs> and just believing in me and supporting the journey. And so um, I kind of had it easy, I guess, in that sense in the beginning um but I also 
um you know like worked really hard in those first few months to try and actually be able to stand on my own two feet and get back to that level of earning that I I had when I was working a normal job and stuff and so uh, whether that was, you know, pushing out content every day or thinking up new ideas for videos or releasing music and stuff like that. I was like, uh, yeah, really focused on it and having that freedom of time that I didn't have before when I had the normal job meant that I had a lot of time to think about stuff and work on my practice and really make a plan. Um, I had like a little booklet where I wrote down my next five years goals and stuff. And so that was like a, yeah, a kind of springboard of where, where I was aiming for. Awesome. I'd like to ask you about your different revenue streams. Uh, how do you currently manage to make a living as an artist? Also, can you compare income from digital streams, for example, with the income from everything else you're doing? Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, you know, for me, like, I only started making money from streams, like, this year, really. Like, I only just started seeing the kind of number of streams that I needed to get to get to my first $1,000 on, on DistroKid, which is crazy, because I've been putting out music on there for years, years and years. And it's only this year is the first year that I've seen my first $1,000 from it. Um, so... You know, if you want to make money passively from like streaming, it's actually very difficult. You need to be getting tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of streams on multiple tracks and stuff before you start seeing any kind of income really from it. So, you know, having multiple income streams, I think it's also kind of future proofing your security, right? It's like, you know, I have brand partnerships where I'm getting paid for producing content or working with brands on certain things. Then I'm doing my workshops and I'm doing my Patreon and stuff where that's another income stream. And then, you know, licensing music out, music out to different people to use for different things or getting commissions to specifically produce a piece of music for a certain project or event or whatever. And then also doing live shows and um and showcases and stuff like that so you know you never know what is going to happen in the future so having multiple revenue streams is going to help you future-proof yourself so that you have that bit of security what you know what happens if instagram closes down and there's no more instagram and suddenly my you know my main base of following is gone like how else am i gonna get my stuff out there you know you really have to think about how 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 can you future proof what you're doing talking about instagram how does the social media presence affect your career um so i feel like kind of my social media content production kind of goes hand in hand with the brand partnerships um when i started posting social media stuff so like videos to instagram it was because uh, I was just posting like practice videos of me finger drumming and stuff. And also at the time, like I was releasing music on Spotify and like SoundCloud and stuff through DistroKid. So I, I've been doing that since maybe like 2015 and, and SoundCloud stuff since actually before that. Um, but it was always very hard to get any streams or 
get any people to notice me as a independent artist so my idea was that I was going to grow my social media following and then hopefully through that I'd be able to redirect people to my music um which uh yeah has ended up being a very good kind of uh route for me to go like uh my social media following did start growing uh quite quickly when I was posting finger drumming videos and then I was just posting better quality videos uh more content using different devices um and then as my following started growing uh brands started to notice me um with native instruments actually which was the first brand that I got to work with I met um someone from their marketing team at a launch they were doing for the machine mk3 uh in london so i just went down to that event got talking to some of the people that were there and then that was kind of a foot in the door for me um and native instruments have been super welcoming of me into their family and stuff and so that was the kind of first brand partnership that i had was with native instruments um from there obviously i've been able to work with so many different brands and that's mainly because of my social media uh content and following and stuff and it's not it's not just to do with following like numbers are you know numbers do speak for themselves if you've got a large number of following and good engagement and stuff it obviously looks good but the real thing that brands are looking for is just high quality content and you as an artist and how you present yourself so like your personal branding is really what appeals to them so I could have a thousand followers rather than 45,000 and as long as I was presenting myself um you know as as a you know high quality content producer that's really what's going to matter to them more is that you as a person rather than the numbers that you have um and so uh yeah it's just been a really great opportunity working with all these different brands um and for me social media it's always been more of a portfolio of my work that's kind of how I've seen it is it's just a portfolio of what I do as an artist I was really inspired by Jeremy Ellis actually I saw a couple interview with videos of him where he was just talking about it so passionately and being like I want to be the greatest finger drummer in the world and all this stuff. And I was like really inspired. Not that I, I don't aspire to be the greatest finger drummer in the world, but I really love it as an art form and have really spent a lot of time exploring it. And it was the first time that I felt like an instrument really clicked in my head uh, and really like allowed me to express myself in the way that I wanted to. Um, so that was how I got into finger drumming and then there are you know multiple communities and stuff out of, out, out there that exist but I, I ended up making a Facebook group on Facebook at the beginning of the pandemic because um, actually in 2020 at the beginning of that year I was doing these collab sessions which you can see on YouTube where I was just inviting you know different friends around to my place um to make music and beats together and I'd done this jam with about 10 different beat makers who were all my friends in London who all brought their pad controllers around and we were all like doing finger drum we had this like massive finger drumming session it was really cool wow um and that was you know I wanted to do loads more of that that year and then the pandemic happened and then 
I, you know, couldn't see anyone anymore. Um, so I made the Facebook group so that we could all keep in touch and share finger drumming videos and stuff. And then it's just kind of grown from there. That's awesome. How did you start giving workshops and teaching finger drumming? Um, I'd been approached by a few different organizations to do workshops on finger drumming and stuff. So um, I think that was uh, Beats by Girls, um, She Knows Tech, uh, Girls Make Beats, like quite a few different um, female-led organ organizations approached me to do some finger drumming workshops. Um, and then... I've been kind of umming and ahhing about doing tutorials and stuff. I kind of, I'm not really like a YouTube personality <laughs> where I'd be like, hey guys, today we're going to learn about, uh, you know, doing the amen break on the pad. Like, it's just not really my vibe. Um, but I kind of got put in touch with someone from Patreon and had a discussion about it and stuff because... I was thinking about doing uh, a Patreon after the pandemic because uh, during that first year of the lockdown, um, because I'd just become self-employed in 2019, uh, in 2020, it was when the pandemic happened, all my gigs got cancelled. I was suddenly like, oh no, what am I going to do? <laughs> um, so I started doing finger drumming lessons over Zoom uh, during that year. And I was quite surprised by how many people signed up for that. Like loads of people were really interested in it. Um, and then, yeah, I ended up starting the Patreon page as like an easier way to deliver teaching to people. How did you develop your artist identity and artist brand? Like how did you come to a point when you kind of knew, okay, this is what I'm about and this is what I would like people to know me for? Um, I feel like it's quite a hard question to answer because it's not, I didn't think, okay, this is who I am as an artist. This is my brand and this is how I'm going to show myself. Like for me, it's always just been me authentically doing myself on social media. So anything that I do is just me being myself. It's not me consciously thinking about being myself. It's just me doing what I do. Um, and I think that's kind of important in this social media world, right, where everyone just presents a perfectly curated mm -hmm. version of themselves. I think uh, just being yourself, I think that's why a lot of people relate to what I do and who I am as an artist and why why I think maybe like my following is growing so much is that I am just really, <laughs> really myself and okay with that. And that's just how I present myself um because I think also like as an artist like uh the best you can do is just be the best version of yourself like you do you and also like especially with this social media world is like there's a lot of trolls and there's always going to people be people that don't like you and don't like what you do so just just be yourself it doesn't really matter that's great How did you um, end up um, actually working with and collaborating with different um, organizations who support female creators and like especially female music producers? I'm just curious. Um, also, how do you 
find uh, the role of these organizations in the career of a female music artist? Um, I think there's there's a lot more female-led organizations and organizations that are really focused on bringing more mu more women into music. And I think they're really important. Like quite a few of the opportunities that I've had, um, you know, has been a lot of women just giving me a platform to do what I do, uh, which has had like a really great impact on my career and just, uh, you know, like having the confidence and the opportunity to to do what I do. Um, and I think there's definitely more women doing music now and it's great to have these opportunities. And I feel like, um, you know, it's quite a male dominated industry and just having these kind of female led spaces, which are very focused on women, uh, gives a kind of like safer space for women producers, women music makers to feel like they can express themselves, um, which, yeah has been has been really great do you think that as a female producer uh you need to double prove yourself like your skills and talents and even determination to make it in the music industry you know like just being really relentless and uh very persistent uh with what i do i think uh you know, there's a real challenge in being identified as just a good producer or a good finger drummer rather than being, oh, she's a good producer for a girl, you know. That's kind of a real sticking point with being a female uh, in the music industry is that people would just be like, oh, you're pretty good for a woman. Uh, and so it's been a real uh drive to kind of get past that just being good as women and being on a level with how people perceive you know like male finger drummers and male producers to be um I think that's definitely a battle that female producers find more um but also I think being a female producer finger drummer that's also really good has kind of worked to my advantage in a way is that I've been able to have a lot of opportunities for working with different brands and organizations and stuff for that reason. So I think, yeah, use it to your advantage for sure. Just work really hard on being awesome and then use it to your advantage. You said you tried to go full on with music a few times before, but it didn't work out. What made you keep on trying and not giving up? I think it's very easy to give up after a few uh, failures, you know, like maybe you didn't get a deal with the record label you wanted. Maybe your video didn't get enough views or likes. Maybe you haven't reached your follower goal. Uh, you know, there can be a lot of, uh, I guess, things that you would perceive to be failures in the music industry. And a lot of it is just working past that and just carrying on and not giving up. Like for me, it's taken such a long, 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 long time for like, I've been making music for years and years and years, like well over a decade now. And yeah, it's taken a really long time for me to be in a position where it's my full-time job. 
And, you know, there's so many producers that I know actually who are actually really successful musicians. Like they have amazing like streams and followings and stuff, but actually they still have a second job. So I think it really depends on you as a person. And if music is something you really love doing, I think it's something that you'll do anyway. So just, you know, just don't give up on it. And having that second job, I think, doesn't really matter. It doesn't change who you are as a musician or, or an artist or whatever. The thing with music is that it can be really hard. Like some people get instant success where they, uh, you know, after a year of making beats, suddenly they're getting like a million Spotify streams and stuff. And I think each person's journey is very different. And so, yeah. If it's something you want to do, I think just don't give up on it. Just keep doing it and only do it because you love it. Don't do it for the numbers or for the money or whatever. Just do it because it's something you want to do. I'm really glad you actually mentioned this about um, how um, artists often feel that they might have failed. Um, but I really also like something that you mentioned in the beginning that, uh, let's say, the day after determines if it was a failure, you know, and um, what happens afterwards and what you decide to do afterwards. Um, this is what actually um, makes could make the difference between uh, the day in which you feel like you still haven't achieved a lot or what you wanted to achieve and the day in which you feel like you are on the right track, you know. I feel like you're a person who really has uh, the ability to focus and concentrate on what you want and determine what you want and how to achieve it, which I feel it's very important. Um, would you agree with that? <laughs> yeah, totally. I think half the battle really as well is just figuring out what you want in the first place. And I think for me, that's why I tried so many different things, right? We were talking in the beginning how I did rapping and recording, engineering and mixing and, you know, singer songwriting and then doing music for film and TV for my degree and whatever, like, it took such a long time for me to actually figure out what I wanted. And I think that's a big part of it. And I think you don't, you don't have to have everything figured out right away. You know, that in itself is a journey. There's so much pressure on young people to know what they want to do from such a young age. And I think just figuring out whatever you want to do in life is is such a long journey and you know don't don't be so hard on yourself if you don't have it figured out just try different things have experiences do whatever you want to do sometimes things will work and sometimes things won't and you know hopefully eventually you'll figure it out eventually <laughs> um, <laughs> it doesn't yeah it's uh, you don't have to know exactly what it is you want to do you know at the moment i'm doing production and finger drumming who knows like in 10 years i might be doing something completely different <laughs> who knows i think just keep an open mind about it um and yeah just follow follow your heart's desire really with it i think mm, totally yeah um, I find something else remarkable in your case that you're very independent, like um, you are 
you're doing everything by yourself. And I feel like this is something very crucial for you to be able to rely mainly on yourself. And for example, not um, heavily collaborating with other people and then, you know, relying on them to work on the project as well. I know that you have collaborators. And in fact, you have a stunning, very interesting project with Nikita Gill and a beautiful live performance but that's a very interesting process. How would you compare this project with your other activities and projects in which you're mainly working on your own? Even though a lot of my work I do on my own, uh, and I have been very independent, you know, in terms of my music career, uh, I have had a lot of people who have believed in me and helped me along the way so even though I do a lot of these things on my own like without these people from you know different organizations or event promoters or whatever people who've really given me a chance to have a platform like without those people I wouldn't have got to the position I am today so even though I work independently it still has taken working with other people behind the scenes kind of to you know help with my career so I think uh that's you know that's definitely a big part of it but also you know I feel like I'm very selective about the people that I work with um and for me that's very important to retaining my artistry because I'm not just a producer that makes a hundred beats and then sells them all that's just not it's not it's not what I want to do it's not how I see myself as an artist and so um you know that works for a lot of people for me like I'm very selective about the people that I work with which helps me to keep control of the projects that I'm doing also like I'm quite busy and so I just don't have enough time to you know do collabs with 100 people a month or whatever um so just being selective about those collaborations um I feel like a lot of the time I just choose things that are very that are very close to my heart or things that are very personal. Uh, so, like for example, the project with Nikita Gill uh, was actually an idea that um, Anushka Shankar and my good friend Nurm, who is managing the project, they uh, kind of came up with the idea of putting me and Nikita together and seeing what we could come up with. Um, and it just be, ended up being just such a great collaboration. Like Nikita's an amazing poet. She's an amazing writer. Um, she tells these wonderful stories about, you know, like South Asian mythology um, through poetry. And it just, yeah, it worked really well with the context of finger drumming because it's not like working with a singer or a rapper where, you know things have to be done to a click you have a very clear strong strong sorry you have a very clear song structure and stuff like that with a musical artist but with a poet you kind of have a bit more freedom to flow which works very well with finger drumming um so yeah it was just yeah it was a really fun project and um yeah i hope we do a lot more gigs and stuff because it's I feel like it's a very powerful piece as well that we do. Um, and it just, yeah. So uh, would you be interested to keep on uh, collaborating in this kind of more conceptual projects, for example? Yeah, I love the idea of kind of doing new things and things that haven't been done before, really. Um, because 
especially with finger drum, it's kind of like a new art form. And um, because like I was talking about my partner a little bit earlier, like he's a he's a beatboxer and he's been like a world class beatboxer uh, for a really long time. And so I see the kind of projects that he does where he'll do like theater shows or he'll do he does all sorts of different things like he does solo stuff he'll do like content production but then he'll do different things with like dancers and things like that and kind of seeing what he does um it kind of you know inspires me for what I can do with finger drumming um and so just seeing all the kind of different projects he has I feel like finger drumming is almost like beatboxing it in a way but you're just using a you know a drum machine rather than your voice um so I just think yeah I'm like very inspired by the kind of work that he does and then I get these opportunities for myself to do these kind of quite con conceptual projects and things that haven't been done before and I think there's a whole world to explore outside of just being a placement producer or just working with singers or rappers in like a very kind of traditional music sense or just performing gigs I feel like you know there's a big scope to explore across different art forms I would like to ask you about motivation like how do you get motivated you know how do you find the motivation the strength the energy to put your mind and Put the effort, find the time to make music and to, to go after your goals, whether it's music or not. Like, what is the thing for you that really works when sometimes you feel, uh, I don't feel really like making a beat now or practicing right now. But what do you, do you tell yourself to put yourself in this state of mind, for example? Uh, I think that's a really good question because with motivation, like it has definitely been a struggle for me over the years I think just the mindset shift of thinking about doing music is more like a job so if I've got deadlines you know if I you know need to make content for a brand or whatever and I have a set deadline or like if I have a release coming up I know I have to get the mix done by this date um I think it's just the difference between being a professional and just being someone who does this as a hobby is you just have to do it right if you have a normal job and you don't feel like going to work today you have to go because it's your job and you're contractually obligated to go otherwise you're not going to have your job anymore it's exactly the same with being a self-employed musician is that if I don't get the work done then I'm not going to have that job I'm not going to get paid that company will probably never work with me again And so it's just really something you have to think about in that in that way. Like it's just if you want the work, you have to get the work done. Um, and, you know, you might feel like not doing it or whatever, but sometimes just sitting down at the desk and actually getting started on the beat, you'll start to feel inspired then. So it's just about making that first step to sit down and get the work done but also in saying that is that like if I don't have deadlines coming up and I really don't feel like doing something I will just take a day off and just play PlayStation all day and do GTA heists with my friend and like <laughs> you know uh just chill out and not actually do music and stuff so uh it's just about finding the right balance like if you have deadlines and you have work that you need to get done then you just have to get it done 
and if you have a bit of free time that you can spare to just not do stuff and take some time away that's also good to do as well so it's just it's really just all about balance um the thing that really changed it for me was doing the 30 day beat challenge because I was doing those in the beginning while I still had my you know normal job working in the restaurant and um like because I was doing these 30 day beat challenge you know some some days I wouldn't have time to do it in the day I'd get home at like 1am after doing an evening shift and then I would just have to try and do a beat then and it it was a real struggle but I had really put my mind to the fact that I was gonna complete this 30 day beat challenge and so no matter what I was going to get this beat done, even if I only spent an hour on it and it ended up being rubbish and it wasn't, you know, the best beat ever. I still got it done. And I think that really changed my perspective on it because I was actually able to get this work done and it made me realize I could get it done. So it was just a good kind of, you know, habit forming and changing my mindset about it. If you don't do it for yourself, no one else is going to do it. So you really kind of have to just take control of your life and do what you need to do. You mentioned that um, you mentioned a couple of names regarding um, people who inspired you in terms of beat, uh, finger drumming. Um, I'm very curious, are there people, real life people or fictional characters that inspire you and you know give you courage and motivation uh um i think we talked about this a bit before like i'm quite a big anime fan and so the whole like kind of concept behind a lot of animes or like the main storyline uh is like trying your hardest and doing your best and that's kind of definitely something I've taken inspiration from uh you know like Goku going like ultra instinct and he's always surpassing his limits um and uh yeah for me that's I don't know it's kind of been like a real inspiration or mindset for me is like pushing past your limits and seeing how well you can do and trying your hardest not being afraid to succeed um okay i think we could safely wrap it up is there anything that you would also like to add like in terms of advice or for example uh three things that an artist should keep in their mind in order to allow themselves to blossom um i like what you did there blossom uh <laughs> check out the new ep um, <laughs> yeah i you know like this has just been my journey that we've been talking about. This has been my perspective and kind of how I do things. And we're all different. We all have a different journey. We all have different life experiences and stuff. So what works for me isn't necessarily what's going to work for you. Like, I think really the most important thing is just being yourself and working on who you are as a person and what you want to do. And I think just figuring out exactly what it is you want to do. Um, and that doesn't have to be for your entire life. I'm talking about what do you want to do tomorrow? What do you want to do today? What are your goals for the next year or for the next five years? It doesn't have to be, you know, the long, long term. It's just, you know, looking forward and figuring out maybe what you want to do in the short term or 
you know, just your your just general kind of goals for at the moment in your life. Um, I think that's what's important. And just really having patience and having that determination in yourself and showing up for yourself, I think those are things that are going to help you. Like you don't have to have it all figured out. Um, you don't have to follow what other people are doing and definitely don't compare yourself to what other people are doing. Just be yourself, be the best version of yourself that you can be and really work towards that. I think that's what's important at the end of the day. Just be yourself and be great at that. I think that's really the recipe for success. Awesome. Really, really inspirational. Thank you so much. And I really wish you all the best for all your projects coming in 2022 and ahead as well. <laughs> Keep on being your best self. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Um, yeah, thank you, Nora. And thank you to all the Stereo Fox team and the Stereo Fox listeners.